Welcome to Everyday Evangelism, a new podcast series building up everyday Christians and churches for God's urban mission. Together we'll explore how we can confidently share Jesus in different urban contexts and connect with people on the margins of society. We're so glad you can join us. I'm Jason Roach, Director of Ministries at London City Mission, and I'll be joined by a range of guests for topical discussions, inspiring stories, and practical tips. By God's grace, we can see Jesus Christ known in every community. Well, welcome to episode nine. Uh, we are going to be thinking in this episode about the question, how do we share our faith with people from other faith backgrounds? Uh, this is a big question because, of course, there are lots of um, people with lots of different faith backgrounds from different contexts. But our hope is that by the end of this episode, you'll be more confident to take next steps in practical ways with those in your uh, area. And so to help me, I've got a couple of guests. We have Manmohan Singh, who is team leader for Hounslow. Good to have you with us. Thank you for having me. And we have Harish Patel, who is a field director for West London, uh, living in Hounslow area as yes. well um, with us today. You've got main responsibility as well for our Islam and other religion section of work. I thought we'd start slightly differently from on other occasions by just thinking about our stories and our, our faith journey. So I wonder if you could just start by saying a little bit about your your faith journey, Harish, and then I'll ask the same to you, Mamahan. Yeah, thanks, Jason. And uh, my faith journey story is that uh, I'm from an Indian background, a Gujarati speaker, and my I, I was born and brought up in Kenya, mainly among Hindu family and Hindu community. Mm. And as a growing up lad, I just learned about all the Hindu festivals, uh, the religious observation, and was involved in quite a few Hindu sects, particularly Swamina and Hare Krishna. Uh, but when I became a young adult post-university, I encountered uh, some Indian background followers of Jesus who started telling me about this man, the Lord mm. Jesus Christ, and his, his works, his miracles, his teaching, in particular his death and resurrection. Uh, at which first I observed and, and I said, this is not for me. I'm, I'm a religious man already. I don't need that. But they kept sharing me with this love of God, uh, the God loves you, and, uh, and that we are praying for you. And that took a profound impact on me that why should God love me? Uh, especially in my own context, I was uh, a bit uh, yeah, going through identity issues, uh, some religious questions. And uh, through that t uh, testimony and witness, a uh, profound work of God was done in my heart and I became a follower of Jesus some almost uh, good few decades ago. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you for sharing just that brief little snippet of uh, your faith journey. And same to you, Mamahan. Uh, thank you for having me uh, in this program. And uh, as you said, my name is Manmohan Singh, and that my name tells you that I was born into a Sikh family, mm. a very religious Sikh family. And my goal was to become a Granthi, a reader of the scripture uh, when I grew up. But in my early teenage, I started having questions about uh, life, about God, and about the reality of religions. 
So I came to a point where I said to myself, if God is one and if he has created these religions, then I don't want anything to do with this God because he has divided humanity into different religions and uh, people are fighting over uh, religions and they're just killing each others. And I just don't want anything to do with this God. But if religions are man-made, as we usually say, then I don't want anything to do with the religion. <laughs> I want to know this God. And my question was, can I know God without a religion? So that began, uh, turned into a search and I, uh, was reading Sikh scriptures. I also read Hindu scriptures. I also read a little bit of Quran. And uh, then when someone introduced us to Jesus, uh, well, which happened because of a problem we, our family was going through when someone offered us a uh, prayer for us and we uh, found the solution through that prayer. And that's when I started exploring this person of Jesus and started reading the Bible. Then I found the reality and the truth and became a follower of Christ praise at the age the of Lord. 18. At the age of 18, praise yeah. the Lord. And it's worth saying that both of your stories testify to the power of the Word of God, whatever your background, whatever your context, whatever beliefs you've held before. And I, I know sometimes people can think that if someone explicitly worships another God or follows another faith background that somehow they would never become a Christian and both of you sitting here is testimony to the fact that that is not true and God's power is able to save anyone who turns to Christ so so praise God for that and as we begin to think about the the witness that the Bible gives us of the truth of what we've been talking about what scriptures come to mind as we think about sharing Jesus with people from other faith backgrounds. So yeah, Jason, uh, one th story that has impressed me quite a bit is the story of Abraham, how he was called by God, and how he received a vision, uh, 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 what we would say, darshan, the glory of God appeared to him in Mesopotamia, and how he followed God without any question mm. to the promised land. And uh, we are told that through his descendants, all the uh, families of the earth, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And through him, the light, or his descendants, there will be a light, the light of the glory of God for all nations, mm. people of all faith backgrounds. Thank you so much. And for you, Mamahan, any particular scriptures that have spoken into this topic? Uh, I'm always fascinated by John chapter 4, mm. where Jesus talks to this Samaritan woman. Uh -huh. And... Uh, Simple conversation just changes her life. Yeah. Which uh, conversation that begins with a glass of water <laughs> and ends up uh, uh, knowing that uh, the Messiah, the Christ, the awaited one is standing right before her who can give her new life. Yeah. So conversations are powerful. Praise the Lord. And uh, it's a, a verse, a scripture that's come up a few times, actually, John chapter four, as we think about uh, intentionality and mission and uh, doing that across cultures and that sort of thing. So thank you for drawing our attention back to that again. Now, um, we're just going to think for a moment just about the picture across London um, in terms of statistics. So it, it struck me um, over 25% of people statistically looking at the last sentence are from another non-Christian religion. That's about 2.2 million people up from uh, 
8.6% in 2011. In other words, there's, there's a lot of people in London who um, are part of a, another non-Christian religion. That's, that's compared to 10% uh, across the whole of England and Wales. Muslims would be 15% in London, um, 5% Hindu, 1.6% Sikh. But it, it varies, doesn't it, depending on the area that you're in? It, it varies quite a bit. For example, where I live, Hanslow, uh, pockets have huge uh, presence of Sikh background from North Punjab mm. or Hindus or even Muslims, so it would be almost like 50-60% of other faiths, yeah. background people within small, what we call wards. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And that'll be the same even in cities across um, the country yeah. as well. There'll be pockets where those numbers are, are very, very significant. Uh, Jewish people in Barnet, 14.5%, just as one example. And I guess that means that there's a big, big opportunity, a big, big opportunity so then what are the opportunities we have then for sharing our faith with people from these different faith communities? One and two of those people are unlikely to have a Christian friend, very unlikely to hear the gospel. Harish, anything to say to that? Well, yeah, the opportunities are, are massive, you know, with the whole, as it were, other faith background people here, right here on our doorstep. One of the commandments of Jesus is, is love your neighbor to engage uh, people of other faith. They may be a, a next door neighbor, mm -hmm. or they may be even a student or a colleague at work, mm -hmm. or they may be the shopkeeper down. I mean, uh, imagine the, all the shops littered with uh, uh, what we call the corner shop uh, business in the 1970s and 80s was taken over by mainly people from my background, Gujarati Hindus, mm -hmm. and you find them dotted all across the city. So opportunities are there to, to just befriend them, understand them, and have conversations, and even interject with gospel. Thank you. Um, it, talk, talking about interjecting with the gospel, you were sharing earlier a story of a conversation that you had with a Sikh uh, lady who was in a difficult situation. Tell us something about that. Yeah, as you mentioned, people from uh, different faiths living in London and across the UK. Uh, but we all agree that we have one thing in common, that we are all sinners mm. and we desperately need God. Yes. And uh, because we are all sinners, we do have common problems. Yes. And the Sikh community is not an exception here. So even though from the outside, they look very uh, tightly knit together, a loving community, which they are. Mm -hmm. I mean, they really serve the people uh, wherever they go, wherever they live. But if you step into their shoes, uh, you know, you'll find that this community really suffers from family issues. Now, there would be families who are all doing all right, but generally speaking, there are family issues. Uh, broken families, um, broken marriages, and uh, sibling rivalry, and uh, you know many other things, and the 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 gospel can and does provide answer to these family issues, because it is uh, we need to understand that because these people uh, come from the honor shame culture, mm -hmm. so revealing these things can really put their honor at uh, risk, mm. and uh, you know that's why they usually don't open up. But once you are friends with them and uh, you know them closely, 
they will definitely open up and share their uh, problems that they go through. So offering prayers and uh, showing that the answer from the gospel can really help them. So this lady, when uh, uh, we came in touch with from a Sikh family, who happens to be a, a new follower of Christ, mentioned that her marriage is at the verge of breaking apart. Mm-hmm. And uh, we said, well, the gospel can heal your, uh, amend your marriage relationship as well. Mm-hmm. And we started praying for this family. And now we are seeing the healing process t- uh, starting to take place in this family. Well, what a testimony. So what does that actually look like then? Let's move to how do we begin to have conversations with people from other faith backgrounds? Tell us, what what does it look like to kind of bring some of what you've been saying into on-the-ground conversations? Well, yeah, the conversations on the ground could be, obviously, we exchange, hi, hello, Mm. uh, what's going on in your family? Maybe something about your children, if you if your children and or even you're in the going to same schools or things. What is this festival you're celebrating? Tell me more about it. For example, Hindus will celebrate one big festival is Diwali, and you can ask them, what does this mean to you? How are you celebrating? Mm-hmm. Uh, what difference does it make? Uh, and through that, you can say how in in Christ God is uh, bringing a whole new world to bear to for us, meaning he's bringing his kingdom and he's bringing new creation. Mm-hmm. And how does that, how is that is so different to just a religious observation and having, if you can say, a short-lived euphoria over that celebration? Well, let me just bring Mum Mahan in about a conversation that you had on the street in, along these lines. As I said, conversations are powerful, and uh, at times we wait for an opportunity to arise, but I think there are other times where you create the opportunity. Yeah. We don't just wait for the opportunity. So I was at this uh, particular place where they were decorating the place for a particular festival, and I saw three or four young guys, and I just walked up to them and said, uh, um, hi, I uh, can I have a few minutes with you? And they were happy and they said, yeah, why not? And uh, I asked them, uh, I'm a Christian and I don't really understand what's going on here. So would you please mind uh, helping me understand what's happening? So they told me about the festival that uh, they were celebrating, the whole town was celebrating. Yeah. And uh, my question was, well, that's fantastic. And But I want to know how does this spiritually impact you or change you? Uh, sadly, they were not able to give me a satisfying answer. They were more focused on the celebration part of it okay. than what goes on inside of them, in, in their heart, in their spirits. So I asked them uh, again the question, and I didn't get the answer. So I said, okay, let me help you uh, understand my question. When I worship Jesus, I realize that my sins are forgiven through him, and through his sacrifice, now the doors of a uh, me getting back to God is opened, uh-huh. and now I am in relationship with my with my God, my Creator, who is now my Father and calls me His child. And also, the more I worship Jesus, the more I become like Him. Mm. This is how worshiping Jesus changes me spiritually. Mm. Now, help me understand how does this, uh, <laughs> you know, festival <laughs> changes you spiritually? Yeah. Uh, sadly, they didn't have the answer. And I gave them my contact number and my card. I said, well, I would like to have more conversations over this if you want to. 
Praise the <laughs> Lord. <laughs> but actually, it's very simple. You know, both of what you've been sharing isn't complicated. Mm-hmm. It isn't having some sort of special um, way of going about it. It's just in very simple language, explaining something about what how Jesus has impacted you and then asking how someone else's faith impacts them. And now, now, building on that, there's something about buildings that almost mirrors what you've been saying about what goes on in festivals. Um, so, so how can actually religious buildings, like, say, uh, temples or gurdwaras, uh, a, a temple would be the Hindu place of worship, the gurdwara, Sikh place of worship, how could those be a an opportunity for speaking about Jesus? Well, there, there are several levels there, Jason. You, you know, uh, for example, first of all, look at the presence of a gurdwara or a temple to your local church. It can be very daunting. So I think there, there is an element of that, or, or that uh, being, becoming, we are almost like grasshoppers in this whole big context, especially if you are living in a predominant, predominantly other faith uh, district or area. So first of all, we, we can say that we, we have had in, in the gospel and in the Lord Jesus, we got to remember we have had the grandest, most, if you can say, uh, astonishing, amazing blessing of being a child of God mm. and being welcomed by him and being made part of his family. And I think that should fill us continually so that we can engage other faith view of people. Even for, uh, for me, for example, initially I thought, hang on, how will I make impact in my family? After years, just being cold towards me, yeah. not asking any prompting questions, maybe treating me with fairly hearing my story, but no engaging. And I've learned now to be a bit more bold to ask, what's the reality of this? How does this impact you? My uncle just passed away recently in, in December, and uh, they observe in the home a mourning for 13 days. Uh-huh. And one of the days they, they, they were just singing and chanting and remembering his life, and they had a recital from Gita and all that. And I thought, what am I going to say? He was one believer, follower of Jesus, in 25 people from my own closest family. Yeah. And then I said, listen, I want to just tell you one thing, please. Can you listen? And I shared how this one person, Jesus Christ, as Savior and Lord, is the only person in human history who has risen from the dead the third day. And he has appeared to many disciples. And that, through his gospel and spirit, now makes a profound impact and change lives. And I said, I I just wanted to share with you. And then I shared Jesus' great promise. I, I, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall I live. Do you believe that? And in that moment, I thought this was almost impossible. Mm. But yet in that religious context of mourning together, I was able to share this promise of Jesus. I am the resurrection and the life. So I think God can use us. God can use any believer. Yeah. As long as we are filled with him and have this remembrance of this profound work he has brought us to himself from darkness to light from uh, from uh, death to life from um, mortality and perishing to immortality uh, eternal life in him how did they respond 
Well, it's funny. My brother was who, who normally would uh, be very, he, he, he nodded and he says, thanks. And then three other ladies said, we have heard for the first time this. <laughs> I know we have left some gospels there, but what I'm saying is that was one element of uh, the light of Jesus in a moment shining in a Hindu world which is totally enveloped in its religious context, yeah, yeah, customs yeah. and traditions. And the striking thing for me is they accepted, it wasn't, there was hostility, no. there wasn't offense, there was actually just, oh, this is the first time we're hearing this. And the building, of course, um, when you walk into the, a, a building, a, a temple or gurdwara, there's a sense in which if you walk into a church, you'll often be flooded by people, at least you should be, people wanting to welcome you to some degree. But often it's not like that when you go into uh, a temple or gurdwara because there's a sense in which the, the, the faith is very sort of individual. Everyone comes together in the big temple, but people are doing their own thing. And I wonder if there's something about inviting people into the Christian community, seeing the difference that there is when you walk into a church. Uh, you say anything about that, Mamahan? Oh, one thing about the church building is uh, it's not that kind of a religious place as a temple or gurudwara would be considered. Yeah, uh, It's more like a community space where we not only worship God, uh, but we also meet with, the, with, with other fellow yeah. followers of Christ. And uh, there is no um, object, so to say, in the church building mm. that we go and worship. When you are in a, in a church building, it's more about the spiritual side of it mm. and the, the worship we do. Whereas in a temple or a gurudwara, uh, there are objects of worship mm. and uh, it is believed that the, a deity resides there. Mm. So people are more uh, religious when they enter in a, in a Hindu temple or a Sikh gurudwara and their focus is more to commune with God mm. and uh, not be disturbed by any other distractions. So that's maybe one reason yeah. uh, where they are not so open. Yeah. And um, so that's where the difference is, uh, I feel. Mm. But on the other hand, uh, as, a, as, as a follower of Christ, I would recommend Christians to uh, go to gurudwaras and temples, not to participate in any of the religious things that goes on there, but uh, uh, just to see and to observe that uh, th these people are committed to their faith and uh, their religion. But what else it does to our Christian heart is it brings God's compassion in, in, mm -hmm. uh, in us. Mm -hmm. That uh, I wish this, this commitment was going to their creator God. Yeah. And it just breaks our heart there. And uh, we can pray for ourselves. God, yeah. break my heart. Fill me with that compassion, Lord, that you had for your people. Yeah. You know, when you looked at the crowd, uh, there were sheep without shepherd. Your heart was moved yeah. with compassion. And I want that kind of compassion, Lord. And once you visit these places, I'm sure the Holy Spirit will build that compassion in your heart. Oh, thanks for sharing that. It's such a really helpful, practical bit of advice there. We're now going to hear from Alice, one of our uh, LCM missionaries in East London, about her journey of sharing Jesus with Muslims. Uh, I work with London City Mission uh, as a missionary and I spend time particularly working alongside churches, reaching out to the Muslim community. 
God did an amazing thing. He, I connected with one particular lady through actually through knocking on her door initially, doing some follow-up. As that friendship progressed, God really showed me in my heart that actually there was quite a lot of anger really towards Muslims that somehow felt that they'd uh, kind of taken, that, taken our place somehow in this country. Or, but God really softened my heart through that friendship. The wonderful thing actually about reaching out to, to Muslims is there is actually a lot of openness in that community. I have a wonderful friend, an older lady who would literally just smile at Muslim women that she would see in the street and just end up having like really nice conversations, going back to tea with them. Um, so actually it is, it is very easy in fact to, to reach out to, to our Muslim friends and neighbours. I think many Christians are quite hesitant maybe about reaching their Muslim neighbours. They think maybe we don't know enough about Islam, um, maybe they just won't be interested. There's no way that they would want to come to church with us, there's no way that they would ever really become, want to come to know Jesus. And actually my experience has been that Muslims are very open, very open to prayer, very open to, to, to hearing. So we, we believe that God's word has real power and as we speak it to our Muslim friends, they will respond. Uh, like I, at the moment I'm running an English class with all Muslim women and on Tuesday like all 12 of them stayed to, to listen to the Bible story at the end. There is a still like a spiritual hunger there. I think as Christians we can really, we can learn how to have some of those conversations. It's good to have some ideas about what you could ask. So I mean just simply asking them about some of the things that they do. Something that I might simply ask is, well, have you, have, do you know what Christians believe? Has anyone ever really explained that to you? So during, uh, during the pandemic, um, I got to meet some more neighbours, as I'm sure many other people did, maybe being, being stuck in their homes. And um, one of them was a Muslim neighbour who I hadn't actually really spoken to before. Around that time as well, not long after there was um, the festival of, of, of Eid, so I, so I took some, I took some sweets around to them <laughs> and they returned the favour and um, I've been like connecting with them ever since. So just something very simple like that, just yeah, just showing some friendship, just talking to talking to your neighbours. It's it's actually a very, very simple way of just starting. One of my favourite scriptures has always been Acts 17, 26, because it talks about how um, God has appointed uh, people in, in certain places, certain times. This really seems to be a time to be reaching out um, to Muslims here. Well, it's great to hear Alice's story there. And one of the things that struck me was there was something about our own attitudes and our own fears that we bring to seeking to share our faith with anyone, but perhaps in particular with people uh, from other faith backgrounds. How do we, how do we address that? Um, I, I know for me, myself, sometimes just acknowledging and almost confessing out loud to brothers and sisters uh my struggles can be helpful you know just sort of saying out loud you know i i somehow find it difficult to speak to x group of people can almost just saying it out loud can reveal to yourself the folly of your own sin and you know how 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 ridiculous it is because you know that actually they all need the gospel and they they're all like you fundamentally but would you have any other tips as to how we can address those fears and prejudices that might lay deep within us. So yeah, Jason, I think you already hit on one main thing is confession. You know, mm. we all have all kinds of uh, uh, dominant things. Things dominate our life. Maybe mm. it's family pressures. Mm. Maybe it's worry over something. Maybe it's fear. 
but uh, paramount is lack of love. You know, yeah. uh, just imagine every every follower of Jesus probably in their best intention wants to do the best thing for their neighbor, which is Absolutely. share Jesus. We all are full of good intentions. Why do we get so little uh, in 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 reality work done or us us? It's because we 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 have that apprehension and mm-hmm. lack of love. I think confession, especially in a group like what you are sharing, is so profound because that acknowledges that the same gospel that I want to proclaim, I am so needy. Mm. I am so needy of you, Lord Jesus, today as I was umpteen decades ago when you first met me. I need that same profound experience of grace and his spirit today to show me this majesty mm-hmm. of him and how he's working in the world. Along with that, I think uh, there's also a fear of the unknown or, yeah. uh, you know, what will happen to uh, to me or to them when we have any discussion over the gospel. Yes. And that's where I think uh, the more conversations we have, the more that fear is taken out. Yeah. And uh, other practical things can help us is understanding their worldview. What do they actually believe about life? How do they view God? How do they view humanity? Uh How do they view relationships? How do they view even food? You know, and considering these things can really help us come out of our fear and come out of our cocoon. And again, I would uh, emphasize uh, taking an initiative of having conversation with people is the key. Thank you. Thank you. I know that we have a, in terms of practical advice, we have a how-to guide called 10 Things to Remember When Speaking to Muslims. And that can be found at lcm.org.uk forward slash how-to. That's H-O-W-T-O if you want to get uh, more information on that. Now, um, we've begun to touch on this, but I guess another thing that can hold people back is being unfamiliar with the customs and practices of a particular uh, group of people. Um, I guess it's worth saying that that as London City Mission, that's something that we can provide training on. I know you guys are both very involved in that. Well, yeah, we have a, 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 a simple training tool that, which is adopting uh, Hindu engagement or Sikh engagement training where we go through certain key beliefs mm. that just helps us understand what happens there, what are the terms, even the terminology of God and spiritual terminology they mm. use. So it's just some something that can familiarize. It's not to make us experts. We don't become expert in Hinduism or Sikhism or even Islam, but we have some working knowledge that gives us just some, uh, if you can say we are comfortable in engaging. But I think other thing is we can learn from the people that we are meeting because each person is individual and their experience of that faith might be very unique or individual. Mm. And we can ask, how did you come across this? Tell me some of the key things you are. Uh, where do you stand with God uh, or in your religion? Are you very secular? Are you even atheist? Or are you deeply devout? Or are you nominal? So we, we can e- easily ascertain on a, on a sort of a spectrum where they stand. And they might be just very nominal mm-hmm. or they might be very uh, devout doing all the rituals and customs. So that will just free us in which level we can engage and journey with them. Yeah, thank you. That's a really good point, isn't it? Because you, you may make an assumption that yeah. because someone uses the label 
Muslim, mm. Sikh, Hindu, that that always means the same yeah. thing in terms of the specific way that they go about practicing yeah. or how serious that they are yeah. about it. And another thing that's worth, I guess, bringing into that bucket is the difference between the generations. In, in this country, when uh, I see people coming from uh, another country, mm. so they are the first generations coming here. Yeah. And generally it happens that their reference point is always their home country. Yeah. This is how we did things back home. This is how we celebrate uh, customs or uh, uh, festivals back home. So bringing the gospel to them is quite different than their children who are born here yeah. or their grandchildren who are born here. You know, the, the second generation, what my observation says is kind of a bit confused. Uh, <laughs> are we uh, religiously uh, inclined to this group or culturally inclined to or related to this group? And where do we stand when it comes to language and culture and food and other things? And then the third gen, the thinking process is completely different. Okay, Gospel is the same. Yeah. It's, it saves everyone, every person from every generation, but the way com we communicate it with them uh, depends from generation to generation. For example, I happened to talk to a, a young boy uh, who was uh, 18, I believe. Yeah. And I asked him a simple question about how does he feel about being a Sikh? Okay. And his statement was, I'm really proud of being a Sikh. Okay. And I said, that, uh, tell me more about it. But he just could not express his religious belief in uh -huh. Sikhism. Whatever he was saying was more cultural stuff. So that tells me that he is in a, uh, in a place where he wants to do something but he doesn't know what it is and how should I do it. Yeah. So that's where you see the gap. But when I sp uh, speak with the uh, older people or who are first generations uh, uh, arrivals here, yeah. they will actually tell you their cult what their cultural practices are. Yeah. So that's where you see the major difference. Yeah. And uh, bringing the gospel to them uh, in the language and words that they understand can really make a lot of difference. Mm. If I'm meeting someone, it becomes clear that they are first generation. What should I be saying? And I think, again, you're saying, don't worry so much about what, just keep being curious mm. and explain the gospel as opportunity arises. Is that fair? Yeah. And also avoiding saying, this is what Christianity teaches and saying, this is what Jesus says. So we bring the focus on the person of Jesus rather than the Christian faith. Why? Uh, because when we say Christianity, it's uh, it's like you know we are trying to convert them from one religion to the other. But when we say this is what Jesus says, we are focusing on the Word of God. So we are trying to connect them with with God, yeah, rather than uh, another religion. Thank you, thank you. That's super helpful. And I guess it can be quite hard trying to tease out, you know, becoming a Christian, becoming a follower of Jesus doesn't actually necessarily yeah. mean giving up everything about yeah. your culture. Mm -hmm. And That's I guess right. in Eastern religion, often the culture and the religion are so intertwined mm. that it's hard for people to kind of get that. So yeah. really hearing you saying, talking about Jesus, mm -hmm. the question is, where do you stand with Jesus? That's right. Focus on Jesus because it's, yes. it's their relationship with him. Absolutely. That yeah. is the key thing. That's right. And the danger is people hear you've got to you've got to become a Western yeah, yeah. Christian That's disconnected right. from all of your history and mm -hmm. family and so on. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, we, we offer 
a lot of training. If you want to know more, then it's lcm.org.uk forward slash your church uh, to find out more. Go to the website. And, and of course, one of the ways that people can get this kind of confidence and experience is when a church, we work alongside a church. And so they get the benefit of seeing you have these conversations, you know, uh, in their community. And so church partnership uh, is a way of um, getting more involved in a way that feels safe because you guess you've got someone alongside you next to you going out with you. Is that, that fair? Yeah, sure, Jason. Uh, one of the exciting roles in the new the new phase of LCM, new stage here, is the church partnership or what we call mobilization, church mm. mobilization. And I think it's, it, it it reflects on both churches that might have engaged their communities quite well. Yeah, we want to work with them and to to expand their horizon, to expand, uh, just be used well of. Yeah. Of, of their resources in the kingdom of God. And churches or p- groups of fellowships that might have never engaged right on their doorstep, we can come alongside them. And uh, through this training, we are providing e- equipping for the work of uh, evangelism. So it's, it's the evangelists alongside the church leaders equipping the saints for the works of ministry, works mm. of service, which is works of just loving our community as we have been loved and as Christ would like us to love them. And and that we'll just not only offer formal training in a, in a setting, but we will model it through going out with them yeah. and giving them enough, as Manmohan mentioned, uh, just the building up of confidence, of yeah. conversations. So they, they, this is an exciting phase that uh, we, we are thrilled to see God use us in this aspect in this city. Praise God. And if we were to then think about advice to churches uh, outside of that church partnership sort of option that, that we have within Outland City Mission, what advice would we give to them who want to share Jesus with those of other faith backgrounds? Any particular tips or advice for churches wanting to do that? So some of the tips will be, uh, obviously, you, you can uh, use it, see some of those on the how-to guide. Yeah. But some is like, just pray for people around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe find a card, maybe, and share it with your 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 church prayer life. In the maybe publicly pray. Yeah. Maybe even devote a, 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 maybe once in a month a prayer time for the community, mm. and and publicly even in your church service maybe pray five ten minutes in the church service for that community that is around you. Mm. And maybe even you might have some folks within your own church, children going to school, they have uh, they have teachers who might be from other faith background, yeah. uh, su- such and such core or such and such Singh or, or Mrs. Patel or Mrs. Shah, you know, they're all, all kinds of teachers and other, or work colleagues too. So we can involve the wider church, who are your na- people? You, you might have never spoken to them, that's okay. Let's start praying. Let's start bringing the church family together. Let's engage God and His Spirit to work. Mm. And then also, just as Manmohan said, start initiating some simple conversation. How was your weekend? Or what did mm. you celebrate uh, this this event? I, I understand you celebrated uh, Diwali or Baisakhi or other religious festival. Just tell me more about it. Mm. Uh, maybe have a coffee over that. Mm. I guess we can Google the festivals to find out what Absolutely. With the I faith groups that are around us, what the festivals yeah. might be near us. It's the whole calendar is there. If you yeah. do Google, 
Hindu festival 2024, you will have three pages. <laughs> Sorry, Mamahan, I think you were going to come in there. Along with that, uh, I think uh, we also need to learn to be sensitive. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Bible does say that gospel can cause offense. Uh -huh. uh, that's all right if the gospel causes offense. But anything that I say or do should not cause any offense to my my neighbors. So being sensitive towards uh, their culture, their uh, just even personality, you know, and, and their community uh, would be really helpful. You know, we are here to love people, but not to cause an uh, offense to them. Now, now help us though, how might we be most likely to slip up? So one thing I heard recently from uh, a brother who was from a Sikh background, I think, uh, was that he said, um, it would be normal in my culture if you were younger, if you're a younger man, you would speak less and listen more. Mm -hmm. And he said, and he said it was always quite difficult, even when someone was trying to say something quite important, mm -hmm. if they were just speaking loads and not giving him a chance to speak. And it's really interesting because you, you, you wouldn't necessarily, he, he was the sort of person who wouldn't necessarily express that, mm -hmm. but his ability to take in what you were saying would yep. be quite affected by that. Are there, are there simple things that we might be tempted to slip up on? There are actually many. This is where <laughs> <laughs> this is where the the understanding their worldview, the training help, really helps. Okay. You know, sometimes even entering people's houses with your shoes on can be very offensive. Mm -hmm. So just you know, knowing uh, whose house you are entering in can can also help. Okay. Sometimes you know when you call someone uh, to come to your house not giving them the best place on the sofa can also be offensive. Mm. <laughs> and uh, when you're talking to someone who is older and uh, you are sitting and they are standing can be also offensive. Jumping in while, when they are talking is usually considered offensive. But, but like that, there are many things uh, that can be very offensive. Even at times calling someone a sinner can be very offensive. Mm. We are all sinners, not you are a sinner and I am a righteous. Got that you. can yeah, be yeah, offensive yeah. as well. Yeah. So understanding the, the, the cultural views and the worldviews can really help churches and individuals when talking to people and having conversations with them. Thank you. So we're not wanting to be offensive. And presumably, the, if we slow down and we listen and keep asking questions, even if we're not experts, mm -hmm. we can more, yeah, more helpfully navigate, mm -hmm. you know, the unknown. So we don't necessarily have to be experts. If we just are prepared to listen and slow down, that might help us. That's right. Okay. Not two individuals are the, the same. same. Yeah. So your best teacher to learn Hinduism is your Hindu neighbor. <laughs> and best teacher for you to learn about Sikhism is your Sikh friends. Yeah. Uh, we can provide the basic training, but they are the best teachers. You know, when you spend time with them, talk mm. to them, listen to them, ask questions, that's where the real learning takes place. We have people uh, from other faith backgrounds in London uh, living among our our church family, our wider family, and we can, uh, we can learn about their journey, and they can teach us about their own faith and worldviews so that we are better equipped to speak to others and they can feel encouraged to reach their own family, that they have a, a support of the wider church family. And one of, the, uh, one of the values, well, one of the gifts that we have is that uh, Hindu and Sikh cultures are often very hospitable. 
And so there's an opportunity to lean into that, right? So yeah, that, that's a great opportunity. We are called to love them into the kingdom, mm-hmm. love them in Jesus' name. And I think more can be shared over if you spend a, f- a few hours in the home uh, while you are talking to them, while you you may be doing a craft with their children, you're playing, you, you, you may be even cooking a meal together and then eating a meal together at cleanup. More can be shared about your faith, even in those contexts, than maybe a Bible study. Mm. Uh, for example, in Sikh and Hindu faith background, they are not very scripture-oriented, meaning Bible study or scripture study is not for the ordinary individual. They ascribe it to who? To the to the gurus, sadhus, or to the pandits, or to the gyani. It's their job. So the ordinary man is just understanding his faith or her faith in rituals. Mm-hmm. They are not studying. Whereas in, in Bible context, it's very different. We are all called to be Bible literate. You know, you do your daily devotion, mm. daily Bible reading. Mm. It's, it's foreign to them, very, mm. very foreign. So we have to love them first into the kingdom. Once they see that Christ has made an impression, this living, true, risen Lord has impacted them through the work that we have done in loving and the spirit working, then they can become familiar in who he is. I want to read more of him. Mm. I want to discover that Jesus through the pages of scripture, both old and new. That will come in a, in a different context, at a different phase. Hmm. That's right. Uh, less learning takes place in the uh, in, in more of like a religious setting or uh-huh. official setting. Less learning takes place for a Hindu or a, a Sikh. More of the learning takes place in a household setting mm. where the grandfather or grandmother or father or mother are telling uh, historical stories to their children or religious stories to their children. Mm. So they are familiar with that kind of context. Okay. So bringing Jesus in our e- everyday conversation is much more helpful than having formal Bible studies with them at initial stage. Ah, thank you. And, and with that in mind, so many really priceless nuggets that you've shared in the time we've had together. What would be the one next step that you would encourage our listeners to take as they seek to share Jesus with people from other faith backgrounds? So my one next step would be being a good observer. Jesus continually went about the towns and villages hearing and seeing people. We've had that he saw those people and there was sheep without sheep, had compassion. So hearing and seeing them and then engaging them with some some initial conversation. Okay, hearing and seeing people. Thank you. And for you, Mamahan? I would like to add to that is to put in practice what Jesus has commanded us, uh, love your neighbor as yourself. Mm. So taking a step uh, in, in that direction and loving them as they are and loving a person includes loving their family, loving their culture, loving their food, mm. loving their cultural beliefs, and embracing those things. Now, it can make you a little bit uh, uh, uncomfortable, you know, because uh, that will that will test your nerves, you know, mm. uh, because th- people are uh, people are awesome, 
but at times they can be uh, you know not so nice to you but yeah. the lord commands us to love them continually uh, that's my one take from here bless you guys thank you so much for all that you've uh, shared just a reminder of the resources uh, that we have available so the how-to guide that harish mentioned earlier 10 things to remember when speaking uh, with muslims that you can visit that at the website to find that lcm.org.uk forward slash how to that's h-o-w-t-o contact london city mission uh, to find out more about how we can support you more generally or to explore that option of church partnership that's the website again lcm.org.uk forward slash your church and do sign up if uh, you'd like to hear more and receive our everyday evangelism monthly email you get more stories more resources and uh, you can do that by visiting the website again lcm.org.uk forward slash ee and fill out the form below thanks for listening and uh, as we finish uh, let me ask um harish if you would very kindly pray for us sir sure let's pray father in heaven we thank you that you are the one true god the true and living god who has revealed us to us completely in the person and work of the lord jesus as he's both savior and lord and thank you for the spirit working in our lives to draw us to yourself and uh, show us this uh, amazing uh, profound work in our hearts and lord we pray as we go uh, that we will be touched and we will be touching people uh, especially of other faiths with this great gospel so impact us and and your church your body uh, of believers the body of christ uh, our fellow brothers and sisters to, to to in living ways in in real ways take this glorious gospel of good news of the lord jesus to our friends and families in jesus name amen 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 once again thanks for for joining us and do join us again next time for our final episode where we'll be exploring the exciting ways in which both old and young are involved in sharing Jesus with those around them and how we can encourage them in that. Thank you so much for joining us. We pray that you've been inspired to take your next step in building connections and sharing Jesus with those around you, especially people on the margins of society. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, why not subscribe and recommend this podcast to a friend? Visit our Everyday Evangelism Urban Mission Resource Hub at lcm.org.uk forward slash resources to find all the latest episodes, as well as a range of helpful tools to help you confidently share Jesus and connect with people on the margins of society. Follow London City Mission on social media to stay up with all the latest content.